This podcast was made with Descript. Descript is a groundbreaking new media tool that allows creators to edit audio and video like a text document and create a realistic clone of their own voice for seamless edits. Please check out our Patreon at Asian Hustle Network. We want Asians to continue being meaningful and give back to the Asian community. If you enjoy our podcast and would like to contribute to our feature, we hope you become a patron. Hey guys, welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. My name is Brian. And my name is Maggie. And we interview Asian entrepreneurs around the world to amplify their voices and empower Asians to pursue their dreams and goals. We believe that each person has a message and a unique story from their entrepreneurial journey that they can share with all of us. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. My name is Maggie. My name is Brian. And today we have a very, very special guest on today's episode. His name is Urchan Gunawan of Irvin Salted Egg, and he is the co-founder and COO of Irvin's, which is a dangerously addictive salted egg snack made in Singapore. Urchan, welcome to the show. Hey, you, you too. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for, for, for having me. Yeah, yeah I'm super excited to have you. Yeah. Um, we would love to know, you know, like what your upbringing was like and what it was like growing up with your brothers in Singapore. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, uh, I got to pull back a little bit more more than Singapore. So uh, <laughs> my brothers and I, uh, so it's three brothers. Uh, mm-hmm. The first one is, is Ivan. Uh, second one is Irvin, hence the name of, of the name, which we'll get to later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm the youngest. Uh, of the three brothers so uh, my family and I we were born we were born and raised in uh, Jakarta mm-hmm. uh, Indonesia uh, I, I was raised there from when I was born until I was about nine years old yeah mm-hmm. so um, you know uh, growing up um, we have this really strong uh, culture in our family of being very um, family bonded mm-hmm. um, and, you know, especially having a, a very um, big family, either from my dad's side or my mom's side. So in those years, uh, you know, what I really loved growing up uh, back then was just this whole bonding in our family and a big family. My, uh, my grandmother, um, she used to be the one who is like, shepherding all of us you know like every single week the um the grandkids you must um stay over at my home you know and mm-hmm. and we would like play together and all that so it's a really um you know i really enjoyed that and i think it really um formed my uh, uh mentality in life as, as well mm-hmm. uh but we had to um migrate over from uh, Indonesia mm-hmm. to Singapore, uh, and that was during, um, if you remember, the 1998 Asian financial crisis. Mm, yeah. Uh, so it, it was that year with all the uh, turmoil and okay. everything. So we had to um, move over, like literally in in those uh, early days mm-hmm. and period, of, you know. Uh, of the crisis mm-hmm. uh, and yeah so then I I grew up in uh, well we grew up in 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 Singapore mm-hmm. uh, from when I was nine years old until um, 
until I was uh, 17. Mm-hmm. And um, that's also a very, you know, it's a huge change, um, especially for me being nine years old. Mm-hmm. Honestly, back then, I had no clue what was going on. I, I mean, I, I didn't know what's an Asian financial crisis. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> my parents were just like, uh, Erchan, we have to migrate and uh, board a plane, you know, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. okay, but my, but I just entered uh, school um, one week ago. I have my, my shirt and pants, my books were all bought. <laughs> yeah. No, we have to go. <laughs> uh, I, actually, I was like, what, what is going on? And I was crying. I, I remember I was like crying and I'm like, my friends, you know, I, I don't want to go over. But uh, I think thanks to my parents, like, they really um, held on and uh, bonded and really uh, let, let our family uh, and, and, you know, three boys. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys, but I think uh, a family of three boys is quite, quite a rowdy and uh, <laughs> difficult to handle, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, my, 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 my mom and dad, you know, I, I really... Um, appreciate them because you know mm-hmm. my mom was like basically um, a solo fighter mm-hmm. really just uh, supporting and uh, nurturing um, our family in a new country mm-hmm. my dad uh, for over many many years he basically had to fly back and forth uh, because his work uh, he still works in Singapore uh, in Indonesia Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the company uh, also has a branch in, in Singapore. Mm-hmm. But as a result, basically, in those years, uh, you know, I remember that uh, he he basically works Monday to Friday in Jakarta, mm-hmm. uh, flies into Singapore on Friday night. Uh, we would pick him up at the Changi Airport. Mm-hmm. Um, then we would um, spend the weekend together. Wow. Uh, you know, sometimes he might have meetings and all that, but mm-hmm. we, we would like eat together, go out together. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday night, he has to fly back to Jakarta. Wow. And wow. he had to do that every single week for five or six years. Wow. Yeah. So that, 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 that also um, really uh, shaped uh, who I am, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I was so sorry. I, I'm like sweating. It's it's so hot in Singapore. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No it's, it's quite hot today in, in Los Angeles too. Actually. Yeah. It's like oh my gosh. It's 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 morning right now, and I'm like sweating really hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. I mean, we we appreciate you taking your time out to do this podcast. You know, you obviously you have a large fan base in the United States, and we want to learn more about you too because. You're such an interesting person, you know. Like we all know your product, and we like the newer generation of entrepreneurs too, not just in America but internationally too, because you're willing to put yourself out there and become the brand itself. And we love that, you know, because we need to see more Asian entre- entrepreneurs walk down that path. And it's really awesome to hear that you know, your bond with your brothers goes all the way back since you were since you were a child, you know, and that. The time that you spent together, like, help you guys work so cohesively together right now, you know? I, I wish that, honestly, I had that kind of bond with my siblings. Because I tell my brother, start a company all the time. He's like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's super rare to see, you know, all the brothers get together mm. to start a business. I think that's something 
you know, one person should really cherish because you rarely see that. And I think that a big part of that is because you guys all saw how your father had worked mm -hmm. and flew back and forth from Jakarta to Singapore every single weekend. And th those values and those habits and that mentality really trickle down to you and your brother's mentalities. And I think that's why you guys are so close. Definitely. Yeah. Did your dad like help you install some of the values to become an entrepreneur? Or is this something that came by accident or you guys talked about it before? How does this all happen? Yeah, well, that, that's, that's, um, interesting so you know uh, uh after uh, uh that period in, in singapore my uh, ivan and irvin they went over to australia to study college mm -hmm. myself uh, after i graduated from uh i guess uh, what you would call a uh, high school so i mm -hmm. i um you know i had the opportunity uh like you mentioned just now to um, um study at usc Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I live in, in LA for five years, uh, worked for one year, um, studied for four years. So mm -hmm. that's why having uh, Irvins and being able to bring back uh, Irvins to uh, USA is mm -hmm. such a dream come true to me. You know, I've, mm -hmm. you know, I've been back home uh, to Asia for seven years now. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I've only been, been back to, um, to the States twice for for holidays yeah. so yeah it's 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 uh something that i really uh it's a dream come true for me and i hope that you know after all this period is, is over i really want to fly back over um to the states you know to to, to really uh connect uh, uh with our customers and connect with you guys as well mm -hmm. um so the the thing about um entrepreneurship and our story right it really um uh interesting enough i i think the really the the one true entrepreneur um among the three of us is really uh irvin mm -hmm. so uh when when he's done with his uh, college in australia mm -hmm. he's he's a true-blooded uh entrepreneur he's got a lot of ideas mm -hmm. so he loves food. So one of the first things he wanted to do was, Hey, um, you know, I want to make a chocolate business. Uh -huh. So I don't know whether that's an excuse or not, but he, uh, you know, he flew to, uh, Europe and, and Japan mm -hmm. on a food tour uh -huh. to, uh, study chocolate and, and things like that. Wow. Uh, and that's why until today, our company name, uh, our brand is Irvin Salted Egg. Mm -hmm. But our company name is actually uh, Cocoba Private Limited, mm -hmm. C O C O B A. So mm -hmm. right. Cocoba is basically chocolate bar. Right. So that's uh, so, yeah. So that's why our, our company is named that way, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but when he came back after research, he realized, oh, you know what, uh, chocolate business is really tough. Uh, so he um, pivoted and he started, you know. Going back again to his love for food, so mm -hmm. he he uh, he tried a fast uh, Indonesian uh, food restaurant in the um, CBD area. Mm -hmm. One of his uh, gimmicks is like you know how um, Indonesians we love to eat with our hands. Mm -hmm. So he was like, if you eat with your hands, I'll, I'll give you a discount. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> It's one of his gimmicks, but he's like, you know, this this interesting. He's he's got his his um 
unique ways of yeah. uh, of of running his 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 business. He really uh, enjoys it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, after that, he that restaurant was really hard to 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 pull off, mm-hmm. and uh, then he had the opportunity to uh, open Irvin's Live Seafood Restaurant at a cross junction of a quite a good place in the in the city called the mm-hmm. uh, River Valley Road. Mm-hmm. So um, his uh, specialty was uh, salted egg crab at only. $18 and 90 cents uh, Singapore dollars. So that's, that's really, really uh, affordable uh, compared to other uh, seafood restaurants. Mm-hmm. And he was really well known for it. Uh, his, his marketing was um, Irvin's Live Seafood, the most handsome restaurant in Singapore. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that, that really, um, you know, I, I always knew from Dan, you know, because he, he, loves, he loves design, he loves marketing. Right. I think uh, that's why um, our customers would see our, you know, our branding, our mm-hmm. snacks and, and packaging yeah. and just the amount of, love that we put into this uh the our snacks right uh mm-hmm. you would see um i don't have it with me right now but if you notice the the both the bottom of our pouch mm-hmm. it it also has a design you right. know it's got our uh, dangerous stripes yeah at, mm-hmm. at the bottom uh and that philosophy to him and me because we just love design so much right. it really came to um Apple's mindset of like the back of our Mac is nicer than the front of our competitors, <laughs> so, <laughs> something like that. So we just love design and uh, mm-hmm. that's why we um, make our snacks what it is today. But anyways, um, going back to the question. Um, so yeah, uh, it was from there that uh, um, F&B business also in, in, in Singapore is really, really tough. Mm-hmm. So after River Valley, he had to move location to a much harder location that had a much uh, smaller crowd. Mm-hmm. But because of that, he really had to push himself and his team to innovate whatever it takes, you know, to survive as a restaurant. So he had to do like catering. He had to do like uh, pa- uh, food package for students and all that. Mm-hmm. And one of the innovation that finally pulled off was salted egg. Mm-hmm. So from our salted egg uh, crab, he mm-hmm. diversified and uh, experimented to many, many, many uh, salted egg dishes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, f- uh, as a result from that, from our observation, uh, he saw uh, the salted egg potato chips, salted egg fish skin, were really popular and that's why uh, we, we are who we are uh, uh, today. We uh, pivoted from a, from a seafood restaurant into a uh, sex company. So where I, where I came in was uh, um, five years ago. Um, after I graduated uh, seven years ago, I came back home to Indonesia. I did my own uh, photography uh, company. Because I, I, my background was I, I studied business and film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did that. And then, you know, I wanted to try out how to build a, 
tech company. So I built an, a minimum viable product of a tech platform in Indonesia. You know, I built the supply, I built the demand for a few months and uh, that gave me some experience as well. And then Irvin um, um, began to call for help because hey, uh, I need help, you know, to move from a restaurant into manufacturing. Right. So yeah, so I, uh, my wife and I, we, we just jumped in. Um, it just, it's always in my head um, that family has to come first, mm-hmm. uh, not the individual dream or, uh, or, or ambition you have. So I'm like, you know what? Um, Irvin works like crazy. He works from 9 a.m. to 1 a.m. every single day of his life mm-hmm. running his restaurant. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know what? I, I'm all in. Uh, let me help. Uh, my wife also jumps in. She, her background was like fashion design mm-hmm. in LA, but then she jumped in to lead our HR, uh, built the, the factories with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's interesting. And then finally, um, Ivan, my eldest brother, his, mm-hmm. his background, actually, he was doing banking for many years. Mm-hmm. But a uh, couple years back, we like, we just, hey, hey, Ivan, we, we really need your help as well to, you know, to lead our finances and all that. So he, mm-hmm. he also uh, jumped in, you know, and my father's um, role uh, in our company is really to guide us with, with his wisdom, mm-hmm. uh, with his um, people mentality, uh, how he, uh, his ideals and uh, values in building a company, all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we, we listen to a, a lot to him. And um, for the three brothers, I think you just thought you mentioned like, what is it like um, working together? Mm-hmm. I think it's tough, you know, it, 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 it's not all rosy, of course. It, it's not like we all are always in agreement. Uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, even brothers, I mean, brothers play video games, you know, in, when, when growing up, right? So we're like always competitive, we're like playing yeah. against each other. Yeah. So um, we will always have disagreements and whatnot, but it's always important, you know, to remember our family values, firstly, mm-hmm. and secondly, to always remember um, our roles, right? So Irvin is the CEO, so he mm-hmm. sets the business direction. Ivan is the uh, CFO, mm-hmm. so he has to lead our finance, and I'm the mm-hmm. uh, COO. So I, you know, so I have to be um, responsible for A to Z in uh, operations of our company, right? So with that mindset, uh, we always remember, you know what? Let's debate, let's let's quarrel, but uh, let's focus on building this company together. That's wow. dude. That's that's an amazing story. Yeah. So inspirational yeah. too. You know, it's so many good points too because you guys essentially aren't afraid to take risks, mm-hmm. and that's and that's the main in our in our opinion. That's the main key to success. You know, you have to keep on innovating, and mm-hmm. you know sometimes you think you're in a bad spot. It might be the best thing that ever happened to you because now you're forced to think outside the box. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and the fact that. You know, I, I love I love the marketing stuff that you guys brought up. You know, it's so it's so yeah. different. It's so, so it's so confident. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think it really plays to like how Asians feel about ourselves right now. Like we're very confident of who we are. You know, we're owning up to our heritage right now. 
And I think with the marketing message, like, you know, the most handsome <laughs> restaurant, <laughs> I, I think it really plays into that message that like, we feel like, hey, it's our turn now. You know, yeah. we can be just as influential and just as powerful. I, re- I really like that a lot, too. And, you know, I really like the family values that you guys have. You know, you, you guys found a role for everyone. And as you mentioned before, this is what I love about talking to you and, and versus like talking to U.S. entrepreneurs. So the U.S. entrepreneurs would be like, yeah, like I find people that fit around me. And it's not so much about family, you know, for mm. one statement that you said during, during this podcast is, you know, family comes first. It comes before the individual. That, that's powerful. That is, you know, yeah. we don't hear it out. We don't hear it out a lot over here. In fact, we barely hear it all <laughs> over here, you know, and that, that makes one heck of a difference too. And I really want to point out that, you know, as you're, as anyone starting out their career, as you're working different jobs, starting different things, it all ties into when you start your company or when you work in a company, all these different experiences that you had in life somehow ties together. It all comes together in some way, in some form. It doesn't matter what role or what title that was. You're going to reach out to those experiences that you had as you're leading people, as you're creating a company in order to direct them correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And I was, I felt very inspired by that story. Mm-hmm. Like Brian said, we rarely hear of people in the U.S. say like, family comes first. That's why I appreciate, you know, what you just said about, you know, family comes first. And that just goes to show that, you know, your brothers were willing to drop, you know, what they had because they believed in the vision and they believed in the company, you know, and to kind of give up, give up everything to, you know, put in 100% into Irvin's just shows so much about, you know, family values and, you know, your father being on board with it. It, mm-hmm. it goes to show that, there's a lot of family values involved in there. And, you know, the marketing strategies, I love the eat with the hands thing. Mm-hmm. You know, those are just so like such simple gimmicks mm-hmm. that actually works, right? Because people start talking <laughs> about it and they're like, hey, like, did you hear about that restaurant that mm-hmm. like you have to eat with your hands? And, you know, that sort of stuff, it just works. And I love that. Yeah, definitely. We want to like, jump into like after you guys assign the roles to your brothers, how do you guys scale that team? You know, obviously your team has grown tremendously. We talked about this before, Tia, how you use the power of LinkedIn to find more qualified people. Like, what was the hiring process like to build the culture that you wanted, you know? Because I know that you guys set the culture among brothers, but when you bring in other people, how what was the process like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, uh, honestly, uh, yeah, it's it, it's definitely a a process, you know, uh, that I, I, I particularly... Um, really enjoy uh, mm-hmm. building this um, this company um, for the past five years and I you know I really saw it flowing through in 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 those phases you know like the first two years I would say is really our super startup years when it was just it was just Irvin and then me and my wife jumped in and mm-hmm. with just a I think it was like um, two employees or something you know and uh the the startup years is is all about you know hey we're we're trying to uh meet demand you know because we're like like none of us is has a background of manufacturing right. has a background in building a snack company mm-hmm. so um everyone has to just like learn uh on the job and and just like um do whatever it takes to continue to uh 
build our operations, our our e-commerce, our management franchise order. Right? So um, you know, we had a very small team. Um, myself, I was like doing uh, the operations, the delivery, um, the the pick and pack, um, uh, and even uh, answering to every Instagram. Uh, messages or or comments that ever comes you know i would just like spend every waking hour during lunch or restroom break just like <laughs> let me let me uh, uh reply to my customers and all that <laughs> so that's that's like uh, i would say the the first two years of like 2015 to 2016 is really the the really uh startup year so like super hustling and and like you know like uh, hold the fort everyone help each other uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like everyone's problem is our problem and just help each other out. Mm-hmm. Uh, then as we, um, grew the company. So then, yeah, we, we were, um, very fortunate. Like we, we, we didn't have uh, any LinkedIn presence. Like you mentioned just now, I think, um, uh, building us a, a stronger, um, corporate branding really, uh, came to be around, 2018 until now, mm-hmm. but like um, 2017 to like uh, 2018, I would say it's like our scale up years. Mm-hmm. So um, we, like you mentioned, we grew our headcount, uh, grew our uh, uh, manufacturing team, mm-hmm. uh, grew our uh, HQ and our uh, overseas office and, and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we, we, we really, you know, continue to, instill the same values mm-hmm. that we had uh and it, it i think it it comes back from irvin and our upbringing you know and and the the um the values cultivated uh in us uh about family so mm-hmm. we still uh we we do that as well uh in our company so like like uh, for example, in our manufacturing, mm-hmm. when we finally um, uh, built our first big factory in uh, 2017, mm-hmm. we really wanted it to be different, not just a normal factory, mm-hmm. but to really be a a place where people uh, would be happy uh, to work at. You know, so we 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 um we colored the the walls and and the rooms and all that uh, with our corporate colors of like yellow um rather than a standard factory color of like grays and so on so we make it yellows and whites uh because we really want to build hey you know what um irvin's is all about uh happiness happiness not only to our customers but happiness to our uh family members as well, you know, to all the Ir- Irvin's family who joins in our journey, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, like, um, um, thank you so much for uh, being a part of our journey and uh, contributing, uh, you know, to the growth of the, of the company. And, you know, we want to make sure that, you know what, um, we're here, of course, it's, it's business. Mm-hmm. We're here to contribute uh, to the company, to the brand, to uh, serve our customers, but don't forget as well about uh, uh, personal growth, uh, mm-hmm. building a 
happy culture and building a a uh, family culture. Yeah. But of course, um, now as as we grow uh, even more, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I'm really uh, enjoying now in the in the past one or two years, and I think especially this year as well, is mm-hmm. like, okay, how do we continue that family culture and, mm-hmm. and the values we have of uh, uh, integrity, excellence, uh, caring for one another, mm-hmm. but also realizing that we are a, a fast-growing company. We are a, a, a global company with operations in 10 markets and so on, right? We, we need to also be more um, um, rigorous in our um, analysis, be more rigorous in our coordination, our teamwork, our mm-hmm. results, our performance. Yeah, so uh, what I'm enjoying now is, is uh, that part really, how to synergize the values and the family culture mm-hmm. uh, together with um, performance management, training, training, uh, um, developing our managers to, to become um, excellent managers uh, in the context of, of Irvin's right. uh, and so on. It's, it's a um, um, work, in, work in progress, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, but yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Um, I totally agree. I feel like I was really able to connect the dots with, you know, the values that you're incorporating with Irvin's about, you know, family culture. And that's exactly what we're trying to do with Asian Hustle Network First. It's really important for our consumers and customers and members to feel like they're a part of a family, right? And Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, we see that a lot with Irvin's because, you know, it, I think Irvin's just blew up in the U.S. And a lot of people, it kind of felt like people were smuggling chips of frozen <laughs> salted eggs from Asia to the U.S. back to their friends and family. Mm-hmm. And it was so rare to get your hands on Irvins before you guys came to the U.S. So it kind of created like this very like family culture, like, oh, I have Irvins, I'll share it with you, you know. And on top of that, it's, you know, I, I think you hit the nail on the head that it's very important, not only the family side and the culture side, but we have to think about how to move forward, right? About performance and training and manager excellence. How are we going to move one step ahead so that we grow together as a company? Um, I think that's really important. Yeah, I really like the fact that you guys really care about your employees. Yeah. You know, I, I think more so than building a great product is building a great team. You know, because sometimes mm. the team helps you build a great product. And to be honest, as you're building a scaling company that's growing so fast like Urban, you can't be everywhere. You can't do any, you can't do everything, you know, mm. so you need the people to represent you well. And some, like, you want people to be able to put in great work when you can't even see them, you know, and mm. that's building the happiness culture that you guys are doing. That's super crucial. You know, there's so many great companies out there that, unfortunately have a horrible work culture but they have a great product but the trend is like you're not going to maintain that level of excellence forever mm-hmm. if your mm-hmm. culture is not doing so well you know right. that's really a really strong point to emphasize too and you know as as you were scaling out your company did you guys bootstrap everything or did you guys take investments at a certain point in order to grow quicker so it's 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 really uh, uh totally uh bootstrap Holy yeah, so, uh, that, so awesome. um, that's why um, 
many people like uh, saw us as like, wow, this uh, Irvins is really uh, fast growing, like, yeah. you know, how explosive it is. But, you know, to be honest with you, um, from my perspective uh, internally, I mean, yes, it was really hectic, but, you know, I kind of saw it as a very gradual growth, uh, to be honest with you. Like, um, I guess if, if, you know, if I were to compare um, to, say, uh, if we were to uh, back then, uh, you know, raise money or like mm -hmm. other similar startups who generally raise money, right? Uh, mm -hmm. We probably would have um, built our uh, factories uh, a lot sooner, mm -hmm. uh, you know, because you'd have the money to do that, right? Mm -hmm. um, but in our case, we didn't, you know. Um, maybe I think it's 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 um, Irvin's uh, entrepreneurial uh, journey as well, uh, and the struggle mm -hmm. he he faced through from like 2008 until 2015 in mm -hmm. in a brutal um, F&B industry. Mm -hmm. So I think from there really came that prudence and be be careful, be uh, be slow and steady. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, for us, our growth was really, it was just uh, um, from cash to cash, really, you know, hey, uh, now we have enough money. Okay, let's open our first proper store in mm -hmm. Vivo City Mall. So and then that worked out. Okay, let's open our second store um, mm -hmm. nine months later in uh, uh, Westgate Mall. It, it, uh, in Singapore, you know, mm -hmm. it was just from there, just like, okay, let's, um, we're ready. Let's open another one. Mm -hmm. um, same goes um, um, with our factories, you know, at first, uh, all of our like manufacturing or uh, uh, cooking and all that was done in his, in his restaurant. Yeah. Uh, right. In, in, in the early part of Irvin's in uh, 2014, 2015 uh, and so on. Uh, and then we had uh, enough enough uh, cash flow. So uh, when I jumped in, literally my first um, as assignment, besides running the social media and doing the pick and pack, was Urchan. I need you to uh, uh, open our first central kitchen. So <laughs> <laughs> that was my first task with with uh, Ke with my wife uh, Keisha. We were like. She, because of her fashion design, she used a uh, uh, Photoshop, you know, and then we, we would just um, spend the days at the empty site and just like draw out. Okay, I, I think the machine is like mm -hmm. 1000 mm by 1000 mm, and then uh -huh. we would like plot out on like f f Photoshop, build the flow, and all that. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, uh, we just like built our, our uh, central kitchen team. Um, uh, we hired our first manager, hired our first factory crew, and then okay, okay, you know what? Let's let's take it at a time because um, how we do Irvins in our snacks is really completely different yeah. uh, than how uh, other snacks does it. You know, like typically um, mass market snacks that you may find and enjoy in in uh, you know in the supermarkets and all that, it's more of a, a powder base. Mm -hmm. 
So you have like flavorings, right? You have your barbecue flavoring, your chili flavoring and so that. Um, but for us, it's, it's different. It's a totally novel approach to manufacturing. Mm-hmm. So we l- legit uh, cook our snacks. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's, it's not like our, our snacks are, are flowing through this uh, automation line from A to Z, you know, from like in, in comes raw potato and, and yeah. out comes our, our snacks. No, it's, it's really, yes, there are machines involved, yeah. but you have the, the actual cooking components with our um, team of chefs and so on. Um, so that complexity and that uh, uh, novel approach is the reason why also we really took our time to build this, you know, we, even though the demand was really um, explosive, I think in the early years, we practically sell out every, I would say every uh, 11 AM or like latest 1 PM. So that's why we, you would always see the, uh, the queues from like 9 AM, even though we, open at 10, but uh, our, our customers knew that, you know, uh, Irvin's supply is really um, uh, limited, you know, and people thought that this was a marketing gimmick. Oh, Irvin's is just limiting your supply. But to be honest with you, <sighs> I wish we can actually make more snacks. Like yeah. uh-huh. I don't, I don't want to see our customers lining up. Right. I don't want to see them lining up, but then it um, turns out uh, there's no more snacks and all that, you know, or mm-hmm. having to wait seven days uh, just to buy our snacks. Right. Mm-hmm. But we, we decided that, uh, no, you know, we, we just want to stay true to our principle. Mm-hmm. And that is uh, be very gradual uh, in our approach. Mm-hmm. We, we, we figure out this new way of manufacturing. Mm-hmm. We figure out how to build a team. Okay, now we are ready. We have the, the, the cash flow. Mm-hmm. Let's open our first uh, proper big factory in 2017. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Build that. Now we, we are more experienced. Okay, good. Uh, build our team again. Uh, get used to the, to the new environment of a big factory. Then we build that experience, build that skills, have enough cash flow. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, let's build our second factory, which we then uh, opened in the December 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's really f- f- uh, uh, from there, really, just, just that uh, principle of being mm-hmm. uh, gradual, uh, slow and steady. Yeah. That's, that's, that's fantastic. You know, it's, yeah, again, you can see the cultural differences already. I feel like over here, we're like, all right, guys, let's fundraise $23 million. Let's go for it. Let's go hard, you know? And I, I, I love it. I love the fact that you guys hit every single milestone that you guys set for yourselves, you know, before you go for something bigger. Because the worst thing you can do is grow too quickly and become a victim of your own success, mm. you know? And I, I really love the gradual process behind everything. That, that's super inspirational for us to hear that, you guys are bootstrapped, you know, this was a grind because when most people look at a company like yours, they think, oh, okay, they probably raised money or something or mm-hmm. and there, there was no grind involved. But I feel like every company starts with the founders too. It's like you guys dictate the culture for yourself, you know, and 
and the kind type of experience that you guys bring in to make sure that you know it's done gradually i feel like it's gonna be an everlasting company you know because everything's done step by step and I really appreciate you sharing that story. Yeah. And it just goes to show that you guys grinded hard for mm -hmm. this company, you know, and I remember, you know, people were talking about, Oh, is this like a marketing strategy mm -hmm. that they're just having limited supplies so mm -hmm. that, you know, everyone is trying to go find urban salted egg snacks. Um, but you know, just hearing you talk about, you know, you wishing that you can make more snacks, it just mm -hmm. goes to show that, you know, you, you guys are putting a lot of heart into each and every one of these bags, you know, it's just mm -hmm. not all processing through machinery, you know, you guys are actually cooking it, which goes to show like, there's a lot of love and care and like affection. I'm going to buy 10 bags after the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's, you can alter it and change it if it doesn't taste good. Right. So you know, it, it just goes to show that there's a lot of affection that goes into making these chips. Um, I would love to know, like, when you guys were expanding into the U.S. market, how were you able to determine, you know, what kind of target audience you guys were trying to go for? Or was that organic because people started smuggling it yeah. in? Or <laughs> what was going on? Yeah. Yeah, the, the, so uh, um, the, the really um, fortunate privilege that we have in Irvin's is really the privilege given to us by, by, by our customers, really. Uh, over the five years, and even when we, we were selling our snacks, even before the pouches, right, in, in, in simple plastic jars with a red cap on top, it's, it's a typical uh, Chinese plastic jar for like cookies and all that. Mm -hmm. We sold those in, a, in 2014 in the restaurant. Yeah. And we are very fortunate because our customers are so supportive of us, you know. Mm -hmm. And the, the word of mouth that they generate in building our community and, you know, loving our dangerously addictive snacks, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's really something that we, we, we really appreciate. And that's why from there, uh, you know, I always saw that as, you know what, we, we must build uh, intimacy with our customers, you know, and uh, uh, which is why, uh, like I mentioned to you earlier, I made it a point myself. I must like, no matter how busy I, I was in those uh, uh, early years, I made it a point to reply and read all of our Instagram and Facebook because sure, you have a team member who, who can do customer experience. Mm -hmm. Of course, you need a specialized role in that. But as a founder, you must always have that intimate relationship mm -hmm. and know uh, uh, your customers fully well, right? So mm -hmm. because of that, because of that uh, habit that I built, because of the team that we have, in, uh, in our customer experience and marketing team, mm -hmm. in our approach to learning about our customers. So mm -hmm. every week we would uh, meet up with our uh, retail team. Hey, uh, who's your uh, customers uh, in your uh, particular store? And then we leave, oh, it's uh, my store for some reason is like Filipinos and um, customers from Thailand or example like that. Mm -hmm. so, it's really those insights. Oh, hey, you! Wow, uh, why is it that all of a sudden in 2016 
uh, like the whole year, we had so many customers uh, from the Philippines, you know. Mm-hmm. Then we realized, oh, uh, f- uh, the reason why is they, they had this huge uh, word of mouth mm-hmm. uh, about us. Yeah. Uh, and then that, that uh, translated into them uh, really buying our snacks. And that's why we like, okay, you know what? Uh, we have that uh, good growth in our Filipino customers. So then we go to Philippines. Yeah. Uh, same goes for every country really for where is Thailand or Taiwan or whatever. Uh, so then, um, then came uh, US, right? So yeah, like again, uh, US is a, is another uh, organic market that, that, that we had that, oh, uh, there's so many uh, US customers, maybe like, like you mentioned, they, uh, they you know, smuggled back <laughs> from, from, from Singapore. Or uh, I think usually what I saw is they will either buy, uh, they will either buy in Singapore and bring home or mm-hmm. they will ask their friends and family uh, to um, uh, bring back home to the States uh, yeah. to, mm-hmm. to, to bring back for them. So it was from there that, you know what? Okay, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, we're an Asian brand. So we have uh, our core customers are really mostly uh, Asian customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also, because of my experience uh, uh, studying in, in the States for, for five years, mm-hmm. uh, so I knew what the, what the culture and the, and the environment and the... And the audience is like mm-hmm. so it was really natural for us to um, go over and expand to the states uh, finally this year mm-hmm. and we we uh, partnered uh, with the right um, distributors mm-hmm. we partnered with uh, um, Bopo uh, Mofo as well uh, mm-hmm. um, Eric uh, one of the founders just um, approached us uh, to meet up in Singapore, uh, Irvin, Keisha, and I uh, brought him, brought him over for, I, I think like we ate um, some like seafood specialties in Singapore and mm-hmm. we also ate durian mousse, if I'm not wrong. <laughs> so like, hey, you, you, you never tried this, right? Please, please try it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, when, when, when we met up with Eric and we got to know his, uh, you know, his, his vision and what Bopomofo is like and all that, we just saw that as a really um, good fit for uh, Irvins as well in uh, in in partnering with 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 them for the uh, having Irvins in uh, Bopomofo and then now they're doing uh, e-commerce as well uh, 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 um, for us, um, which is awesome. Yeah. 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 I mean. That's awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, we we heard about you know your collaboration with Bobo Mofo Cafe, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it's just crazy how how expansive and how much you guys have really blown up in the United it's, States. So it's so organic too. It you is. Know, yeah. We love the the limited marketing that sense and the word of mouth you guys are building because customer loyalty goes a long way. Right. You know, and I I do want to focus a little bit more about about you. You know, I want to understand like your growth as as a person throughout this entire thing. You know, what was your mentality like, like right when you started grinding it out and working with your brothers, and how much you've grown throughout the years to get to where you are right now? Well, I I feel like yeah, it like, like you said, it is a 
huge grind. Uh, I mm-hmm. think people or like people who, who have the mindset of, hey, I want to become an entrepreneur so I can become a boss and uh, sit back and relax. Like, no way, man. <laughs> no way. <laughs> life, as a, life, life as an entrepreneur is, is 365, you know, when, when, when someone is not available, to, you know, uh, to work at the store and you have no one else to depend on, you have to go there. You know, you, you can't say, I'm the boss. I want to chill at home. No way, you know. And uh, <laughs> so it, it is a huge grind. Um, you know, personally for me, I'm, uh, I'm very self-aware of my strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And I'm very self-critical as well. Um, and, you know, I think uh, for myself in the first, in the first half of the, you know, of the five years, I think what I learned is just, you know, because I'm not an entrepreneur like Irvin, you know, I, you know, I feel like my, my nature and my mindset is more, more, more of a company builder. You know, mm-hmm. so I like to build systems. I like to build operations. I like to build culture and teams and that. So I think my, the first part of, of, of my five years is really learning uh, uh, how to do that. Uh, being very hands-on because mm-hmm. you have no choice. You have to be hands-on because your team is so lean. Um, and I just learned, okay, learn you know, learn how to lead manufacturing, learn how to lead operations mm-hmm. and, uh, and so on and so forth. But then when it came to the second part of the five years, uh, when we grew uh, even more, built our first and second factory, um, I, I faced a lot of challenges, like honestly, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's, I think especially in the last two years, mm-hmm. I learned that, wow, my management approach uh, in the first part cannot work in the second part mm-hmm. because in the second part, you have a bigger team. You cannot be too hands-on as a, as a founder and as a COO. Okay, sure, you still need to be hands-on, spend your time with your customers, visit your stores, still read Instagram, still uh, meet your, your, your teams and all that, but mm-hmm. you cannot be too hands-on because um, you need to let go mm-hmm. even though, even though you, you, you may have more experience than the new team members, mm-hmm. even though you will feel, oh my gosh, if I do this myself, <sighs> I work day and night, I can get this done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can get this done better because I already went through it. But I learned that, you know, you have to learn to let go, mm-hmm. to empower your team, to let them grow as well. Mistakes will happen, but you also made those mistakes anyways. Mm-hmm. So um, learn to let go. Uh, uh, no, uh, have, have those mistakes happen. Build growth uh, in your team so that you as the COO, as the founder, you can focus on uh, uh, higher uh, macro uh, uh, objectives as well and so on. 
Yeah. So I, I think that's, you know, particular to me, that's why I learned um, communication as well in the, in the first half communication is like, we're on one communal table yeah. with like finance is to my left. My brother <laughs> is to my right, you know, operations <laughs> is in front of me. You can just shout across the table, but now no, right now it's like, we have, we have many rooms or we have factory over there, HQ over here. So, um, you know, I need to learn as well. You cannot, like, basically, you, you cannot approach management. You cannot approach communications. Mm-hmm. You cannot approach performance management the way you did back then mm-hmm. and assume that because that's, that's just how things work, that it would apply now because it doesn't. Right. You know? So like uh, now you have to change. And the next five years, we, we have a forecast and a vision. Okay, this is where Irvin's needs to be in, 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 in four years time. Mm-hmm. And how do we get there? So again, we have to uh, uh, reformulate. We have to reshape how we think as founders, reshape how we instill excellence in our managers and team members. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, continue to, to find ways, like I mentioned, how to synergize our cultures and values to always be the same, but mm-hmm. be able to adapt in the different phase of, of the company and uh, uh, um, take, um, take into account that performance management system may change, uh, communications and how you do meetings may change and so on. Yeah. Yeah, that's, 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 wow. That's, yeah. that's a lot of good points, you know. And the problem with being an entrepreneur is like, you always want your hands in everything. Yeah. And yeah. because it's actually more detrimental as you scale your team because your team will be like, oh, why are you not trusting me to do my work? Yeah. You know, you know, micromanaging, it gets all bad. And it's really good that you mentioned that too. And a lot of us who are in this entrepreneurial journey, you know, it's really hard for us to let go of control. And the ironic thing is, the more you let go of control, the better things will get, mm-hmm. you know, because your, your team has this trust within your culture. And you, like you said before, can focus on the vision and the macros, how to really grow the company, you know, but it's not an easy process. And I do, I, I do respect you a lot for that, for saying that, you know, because we, we're also facing the same situation. We're up to 28 people now in our team. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. And for us, is we're the same way. It's like, ah, oh, all right, I just have to trust. <laughs> you know? It's it's really easy to kind of like pick your head on every little single team because yeah. you want to see what's going on. But honestly, if we were the ones who were making the calls all the time, we mm. wouldn't be able to. You know, we would only have tunnel vision and we wouldn't be able to mm-hmm. see it from a third person's perspective. Exactly. There could be something that we're missing that your team member would think about, right? Yeah. And I think it's really important for entrepreneurs like yourself to think of it from a strategic level and how to get the business mm-hmm. to the next level. And mm-hmm. you do hire smart people not to tell them what to do. You, you hire smart people and have them tell you what to do. <laughs> yes, <laughs> totally. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a famous Steve Jobs saying, you know, I didn't hire, hire you to tell you what to do. I hired you to tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I mean, we, we do appreciate your time today and 
your, you know, all the insights that you had on this yeah. podcast, you know. Um, and I'd, I'd love to ask one more question. Um, you know, we always ask our interviewees this question. If you have any advice for aspiring entrepreneurs, and I think it's really interesting to hear it from your perspective, you being in Singapore and in Asia, mm -hmm. um, you know, things might be a little bit different between, you know, Singapore and the United States. Um, but, you know, would love to know, especially from your family, you guys are all entrepreneurs, you and your brothers. And oftentimes, Asian parents don't want to see their children become mm -hmm. an entrepreneur because they want them to become a doctor <laughs> or a lawyer or an accountant or a pharmacist or something that's very safe. Um, but it seems like your father obviously went through the entrepreneurial route and he is very proud of you guys to be an entrepreneur as well. Um, so we'd love to hear from your perspective on, you know, like what advice you have for aspiring entrepreneurs. Um, I guess, um, I guess my advice would probably be, be colored by, uh, today's uh, climate as well, right? With all this uh, um, um, COVID-19 that's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think, you know, for the next, I don't know, one year, one and a half years, two years, uh, things have changed and probably things will continue to be in this way. We, we may have to learn to adapt uh, ourselves, be it our personal lives or, or our work life or in mm -hmm. companies in this new operating environment so i think i would say like uh first of all uh uh, uh like um ideas are not uh unique you know uh execution matters more mm -hmm. so for i think people uh always have the mentality you know i want to hide my my idea uh, because it's so uh, 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 sacred, but then you you won't ever do it, you know. Or then maybe you're, you know, you have an idea and you share it with your friends and family. Mm -hmm. Well, hopefully they're honest if, enough with you. But usually friends and family will never tell you no, right? They will like, oh, you know, it's it's okay, it's a good <laughs> idea, you should do it. Yeah. So you don't have enough data to. Uh, prove your idea. So I think the only way to prove your idea is to really just do it, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think in in this new uh, environment that we live in, mm -hmm. uh, doing that idea, I think, has to mean uh, being as you know prudent as possible mm -hmm. and uh, experimenting with it with uh, you know as much as you can. Uh, um, 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 mitigating your risk. So like, you know, if you have an uh, F&B idea, you know, I don't think your first jump to be an, an F&B entrepreneur is suddenly your mind is like, hey, you know, I want to build a, a large restaurant. Well, how do you know you, you have a product market fit, right? You, mm -hmm. you haven't even um, tested your food, whether it works or not. So, right. You know, I would say really, you know, just if you have an idea, you really believe in it, you share that idea with, with people, hopefully more than just your friends and family, but you share that with, with actual uh, potential customers and mm -hmm. they give good feedback and they want to buy it. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. then your next step is really to just go and do it, right? And mm-hmm. and and to do it at a small scale that is low risk and fast. You like don't have the mindset of building a restaurant that's going to take you six months to build. You know, just um, get started by next week, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, think of a way to uh, test your food through online delivery or whatever uh, as, as uh, in whatever uh, um, startup uh, mentality works and just, just, just do it uh, and um, see whether there's um, um, product market fit or not. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, many people would, would also say, Hey, you know, uh, if your idea fails, when you try it, you should just uh, pivot. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, just, okay, just scrap that idea, uh, uh, pivot or oh, fail, scrap again, pivot. But uh, I mean, I guess that works at times, but as you see from our experience, our pivots is, is, is like, you know, after a long grind where Irvin never gave up or always believing in his passion for F and B and being stuck at the corner where you know uh he has to do something to really uh push um um push the boundaries and, and and revenue of his restaurant and that's why he decided to experiment on his sauteed dishes and finally after eight after seven years that's why uh he saw his his customers uh, suddenly being so attached to those dishes that finally it became snacks. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it, in life, I feel uh, it could be pivots, yes, but sometimes in life it can also be a grind that uh, you persist and mm-hmm. you continue to innovate and think of ways to grow or uh, survive your business. And somehow once you see that that product market fit, once you um, observe that behavior of your customers, oh, this works. So then you, you, you realize and then you go and uh, focus on that. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah, that's really, really good, solid advice, you know, and it'll, yeah, I hope, I hope our listeners can listen to this advice twice. <laughs> just, just bring you back to the, that point where he shared your insight, but. That's yeah, really good. Really great having you in the show. And we do want to shout out too. Congratulations on your on your future uh, on your kid next week. You know, so thank you, thank you. <laughs> I'm gonna say uh, congratulations, and it's gonna be very exciting to be a first time parent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, I think this might be the most difficult, but the most uh, rewarding uh, next chapter yet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're super happy, and we'll, we'll probably look out on social media about about how that story unfolds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for being the show. Uh, we truly appreciate it, and we had such a great time talking to you. Thank you. Yeah. How can our listeners hear more about you on sure. social media or anywhere? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, um, Irvin's we have a USA uh, IG account. It's a mm-hmm. Uh, 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 USA, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also have uh, you know uh, like I mentioned just now right we have our various partners 
we have our our snacks um, in various offline channels. You know your your uh, H Marts, your Ninety Nine Ranches. Uh, we have our Bopo Mofo partner as well. With, you know e commerce and so on and so forth. So uh, uh, definitely, I hope we can continue to grow our uh, distribution and uh, sales points mm-hmm. in the U.S. And hopefully we can uh, bring more, more and more uh, new snacks yeah. um, uh, to serve our US, U.S. customers. So definitely uh, stay tuned to our Instagram uh, for uh, future updates and all that. Awesome. Very exciting news. We will leave all of those links in the show notes for this podcast. But thank you so much, Urchan. It was so wonderful to talk to you today about your story. Yeah, thank you so much, man. Hey, guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to the show. We would like to get to the top 10 on iTunes, so be sure to leave us a five-star review. We release an episode every single Wednesday, so stay tuned. Thank you guys so much.